Welcome to the Penny and Pops podcast. He is Spencer Penny Strode because he's sitting right next to me. We're we're doing it live. What's up, Penny? I am Adam Pops Papa Giorgio, and we're just going to get into this. So we are recording live Tuesday night, December 27th at about 10 p.m. at Hourglass Brewing in the Hourglass District. Uh, it's pretty close to our houses. And, yeah, it's on Curry Ford near Bumby. If you don't know where the Hourglass District is, I just told you. But, uh, Penny, what uh, beer are, we, are you having right now as we are recording this after we lost to the Lakers? I'm enjoying a nice guava wheat beer and uh, surprisingly uh, pretty populated here for a late Tuesday night. Yeah, I guess it helps that it's the Christmas season. Uh, by the way, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, you know, happy new year here. It's coming up, you know, like I said, this is the 27th. Um, I guess because of that, you know, there's less people working or working as much. So I guess you can have people out here on a Tuesday night with it's like 50 degrees. I don't know. We're dipping in the forties right now, Penny. Um, is this your ideal temperature? This is the last good day of weather where I'm not going to immediately sweat the second I leave the house. I'm pretty disappointed. Um, hopefully the audio sounds good. We are trying our mi- our microphone outside uh, where there's, you know, noises like planes and cars coming by and the occasional drunk person probably is going to yell something. So that's fine. But, um, yeah, before we get into this Laker game, because we were at the Laker game, we had awesome seats to the Laker game, and unfortunately the Magic just did not show up tonight. And it sucks because we're optimistic, positive people, I feel like. Uh, although you do say you're a curmud- curmud- uh, curmudgeon sometimes, but um, I, uh, yeah, I just, I, I need to go with the positive stuff out of the gate because everybody thinks I'm negative, which clearly is not the point, but... Um, before we get into that, we need people to vote for NBA All-Stars. So, Paolo Bencaro, Franz Wagner, I'm throw, I throw Cole Anthony just for the hell of it on the ballot till maybe Jalen Suggs shows up. Um, and then Wendell Carter Jr., even though he technically hasn't played enough games in the West, I'm voting like all Euros plus Damian Lillard, basically. But, um, you know, Christmas was the first uh, three-for-one day for All-Star voting, where your vote counts triple. Um there's a way to cheat where you can vote uh, on the NBA app and on uh, on another browser. It takes two. At least it took my two. Um, but the whole point is vote Paolo, Bencaro, and Franz Wagner because they're amazing and they're carrying us. They're the reason why we've won eight of our last ten games and why we are in the playing hunt. I don't know, Penny. Is it is being two and a half games because the Raptors thankfully lost to the Clippers tonight. Does being two and a half games out of the play-in on December 27th count as being in the play-in hunt? We're certainly in the hunt. I think the who the only couple teams out of the hunt already would be Detroit and Charlotte, right? Yeah, and uh, I would, you know, I'm, I'm hoping we get the Wizards down there, but they're still above us because they're doing stuff like uh, pulling wins out of their ass against the Sixers. Who I think Embiid's going to depend to trade at this rate if he's dropping 48 and 50 point games and they're still losing. But um, you know, All Star voting it started I think December 21st. It goes on for about a month. It, it goes through December, uh, January 21st. The next three for one uh, All Star voting day is January 1st, though New Year's Day. And I think the one after that, I think, is January 6th. And there's, like, two more after that. But, um, you know, the other Magic Pods will remind you about that. Uh, but it would be really sick if uh, both Paolo and Franz on the forward vote or the big man vote uh, were top ten in fan voting. Um, obviously, media and players, their votes count uh, and play a factor. But if out of the gate with the fan vote, uh, we can somehow get 
Paolo and Franz showing up on the fan vote, you know, that, that'd be big. And then I think you'd get like a tsunami of votes coming from Italy and Germany and go from there. But, um, yeah, so the last time we potted Penny, the Magic had won three straight games. Well, that streak made it up to six straight, uh, which was our largest win streak since our awesome March-April run of 2019 uh, when we made the playoffs, which was the last time Terrence Ross was worth something to us on the floor. <laughs> um, this team is, yeah, for the fourth time in NBA, this is the fourth team in NBA history this Magic team, to have lost nine straight games only to immediately follow that up with a six-game winning streak, which is the most absurd thing you can think of. But, um, yeah, that's a stat. I'm actually surprised that three other teams had done it, um, if you think about it. But it should have grown to seven, that streak, and beyond, had we decided to play some paint defense on that second night of a back-to-back in Atlanta against a dysfunctional Hawks team that is realizing that Trey Young can't lead that franchise. Penny, if I offer a bag of chips up for Trey Young, would you want them? I, we talked about this a little bit where not just Trey Young, but also LaMelo Ball, like the that type of player, they give you so much offensively and are such a liability defensively. We have a couple like that on our roster right now, not to the ceiling of those two, but it's hard to touch Trey Young, and, and now you have the locker room stuff coming out too. Yeah, um. I, I'm feeling uh, justified from a Trey Young perspective because I've been off the Trey Young bandwagon. I don't know if I was ever on it, even during draft night, because I was like Luka Doncic or bust. Like I didn't care much for Trey Young, um, but I feel like I—that's a take that Magic fans are definitely showing and sharing now, social media wise. And I'm proud of Magic fans for not wanting Trey Young. There's still some that do, but I, I just—I wouldn't go that route. But anyway. DeJounte Murray came up clutch on both ends in that game we lost after Fultz had given us that brief lead and just an insane three-minute comeback. I still don't know how the fuck we pulled that off. But, um, you know, Paolo got tagged with that foul call at the end that he got him, but it's kind of soft against DeJounte Murray. I don't know, what's your viewpoint on the Paolo foul? And, and then I guess the last position, I'll, I'll hand that off to you too. Yeah, I mean, watching it live was, uh, you you know, you have bias when you're watching it live, but it, it seemed ticky-tack. I certainly don't think if the situation was re- reversed that Paolo would have gotten that call. Uh, that being said, when you're in that situation, you've done your job to make him take a, a really tough, you know, baseline jump shot, heavily contested. It would have been nice to just see if that went in or didn't go in uh, and, and go from there without getting tagged with the foul. But uh, incredible game, incredible comeback, and another one of those moments on the season that gives you a tremendous amount of hope and, and also, you know, uh, is real enjoyable to watch as a fan but but makes it worthwhile to tune in and continue to tune in or, or go to the games. So with Pal, so you know, with Paolo on that defensive play, I, I agree with you. Like, if it's the other way around, like he's not getting that foul call, and I didn't even really see much of a hit till the slow mo replay. So I guess good on the ref to find that. But I mean, most people aren't calling that; they're letting that go. But that's one of those where Paolo was so eager to want to play good defense because Dejounte Murray is kind of a dick um, that he, uh, you know, he got a little over eager on that, and then Paolo. He learned a good lesson on our final offensive position. Like, you can't dribble with 1.3 seconds left. Um, I don't know, Penny, do you know what the standard is for a situation with, with – with, is it 1.5 is, is the least amount of time where you can take a dribble? The, the, what they say 
And I think that people are more athletic now and better now, but they say one second per dribble. So if you have a second, theoretically, you could pound it and still get a shot up, uh, although that rarely happens, but 1.3 for sure. Yeah, so, I mean, it's a good lesson for Paolo. You know, it's okay. Like, we never should have been in that position had we defended earlier in the game anyway. Like, we would have won comfortably. Um, and as we see, like, the Hawks lost to the Pacers tonight. They're both 17-17, and 17, so... Uh, you know, seventh and eighth seeds are not that far away if the Magic get their shit together and and win in Detroit tomorrow night. But um, all right, you want to talk Eddie House real quick? So, because everybody else has an Eddie House take, but uh, I have a unique one. Um, also, I don't know, Penny. Do you remember the name of my beer? Is it a Morlock or Mo- it is a Morlock? Uh, it's a very nice milk stout. So, shout out to Hourglass for uh, for the wonderful beers as usual. But uh, look, Eddie House. So. He said, first off, we were at the Magic Watch Party. It was our first Magic Watch Party in a while, and we were at Cavo's. I love Cavo's for the Philly cheesesteaks, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of Magic fans there, and it was a good time because we won that that first game in Boston, and then to go and do it again that next, you know, that that Sunday was amazing, so... um, but Eddie House, he doubled down basically. You know, he talks shit about how oh the Magic were you know are a garbage team. They've won ten wins, blah blah blah. And after the, even the Sunday game, he doubled down, saying that uh, some Magic fans took it too far. And I do have to agree with that because I saw a lot of the social media comments sent to Eddie House. I don't know if you saw him, Penny, or not, but um, like there was some stuff that went over the line and. I'm I'm pretty disappointed because those type of fans drag down the rest of the fan base. Like it's one thing to rag a guy for, you know, having a god awful take and and a completely unwarranted take. It's another to kind of get a little very too dirty and personal and stuff like that. And that's not great. But you know, the whole Eddie House thing. You know, most Magic fans know that Ray for Alston slapped him in the head during the the Celtics series back in '09. You know, he did that in Game Two. Um, we lost that game too, and we went back to Orlando one-one because you know we we'd won that game one in Boston. We were losing pretty noticeably in that game too, and just had a frustration. Rayford slapped Eddie across the head. He probably deserved it, but because of that, uh, Skip was suspended for game three. Which you know we somehow win that game three, starting Anthony Old Man River Johnson. I forgot about that completely. I you know, but. Um, you know, the funny, funniest thing about the Rafer gif and now all the Magic players retweeted it and all that, and I retweeted it because it's a great gif. It's the only gif on Twitter that shows up when you type Eddie House's name in. So there you go, Eddie House. But, um, you know, the funniest thing, well, I don't even know if it's that funny, but Rafer himself years later says that he regretted slapping Eddie House across the head because that was a big reason he thought that the Magic traded him and stuck with Jameer. And for him to say that, I mean... I was a big Rafer guy coming out of the, you know, after the finals run. Like, I I thought once Jameer came back in the rotation, like, it threw Rafer off. It threw Old Man River off. Like, I, you know, I know you want, would have preferred Jameer. I don't know. Were you more of a Jameer than Rafer guy coming out of the offseason, Penny? Yeah, I mean, you have to go back to how Jameer was playing that season before the injury. He was an all-star. His only all-star selection didn't get to play in the game. Uh, but he was playing great. It would have been nice if there was a way to keep Rafer on the roster. And, you know, the, in that time, you're playing against Chauncey Billups. You're playing against big guards. It's hard to have, a like, Jameer and Rafer backcourt. 
uh, also hard to get one of them to buy into playing a reduced role and not starting. Uh, would have been really nice to keep both of them on the roster moving forward, though. Yeah, look, in hindsight, you know, picking Vince Carter and again, Vince Carter in a trade when you let Hito walk, that doesn't age well. What didn't age well in my mind was trading both Courtney Lee and Rafer because Lee's just was the man coming, you know, had a hell of a rookie campaign. I, I'm always going to be anti small point guard from an NBA perspective. And Rafer, he has the size and he was always more of a true point guard than Jameer was. Like Jameer, he had an all-star season. There's no doubt about it. But I feel like like that he had maxed out at that point. And I'm going to take a guy over Rafer who can dish the ball out and do a little bit better than Jameer was. You know, Jameer had a really great partnership. He could get some assists up in certain games with Dwight and whatnot. But anyway, so Rafer comes back in that game four. He plays bad. We lose at home. Game five in Boston, we lose. Skip plays okay, but, you know, we go down 3-2 in that series, and the rest is kind of history. We won game six at home and then close out the series historically in Boston to take game seven in the Hito Pizza Glue game where you and I and a couple other buddies were drinking our asses off at Buffalo Wild Wings, even though some of us weren't legally allowed to drink back then probably. I was, not some of you guys, but, um, yeah, you know, it's it's legend, that one. So, you know, the – after that, Skip is either bad, you know, or Skip is either bad or man that Boston series. And Rafer doesn't really find his mojo again until the Cavs series, where he has just some huge games. He's a big reason why we would have swept the Cavs had LeBron not made that miracle shot, and we comfortably beat them in six games. But you know, there's a tight game or two. You know, it was a tight game five in there, but or uh, was it game three? Game three in there, but um, we. Uh, you know, we should have swept them. We didn't. We won in six on my 21st birthday, so not not a bad way to go. But, um, you know, the religion of Rafer slapping Eddie House is great now, but at the time it was just done out of frustration because we were losing that game too. And, you know, it looks great now because we won it, but, like, Rafer regrets it. So I, I just wanted to throw that out. But um, it does remain historically relevant, though, because Rafer was a badass in my mind, and he could back up his shit talking with Eddie House. You know, Eddie House was typically known as somebody who couldn't walk the walk. He was just kind of yapping. And cool, man, like you got your 2008 ring because of KG. But when that team needed you more, like all you had was empty words and you couldn't show up in 2009. So, you know, a guy like even like J.J. Redick became more famous from that series because he played Ray Allen very well in that game seven. But um, I don't know, any Eddie House thoughts? Like I said, I... I'm glad Magic fans like went with the gift response to him. I'm not happy that a lot of them kind of went more personal and kind of dirty. Like you don't have to stoop down that low to shit talk well in sports. Yeah, I agree. The gift thing is cool, both from the fan perspective and I think more importantly from the team perspective. That uh, that's in the archive for them to draw on, or at least a Magic fan posted it and they retweeted it or whatever, uh, and then they were all doing it. But uh, cool that Rafer had reflection. I think it's interesting. We we ascribe so much to these legendary moments in our franchise, and then uh, the people actually involved in the games and the incidents have some revisionist history sometimes, like. It, Rafer played for Stan in Miami. They know who he was. Like, there's no reason that the slap of Eddie House is the reason he didn't come back, right? I mean, it shouldn't. But then again, like, how much power did Stan have in that situation when you have, you know, Otis was looking to salvage the team, I guess, once once Hito, you know, once they decide not to pay Hito. And then it's like, how much of a role did Alex Martins have? Because as we know, 
Alex Martins had a pretty big role back then, so um, I'll leave it at that. Uh, let's talk Laker game because we were there tonight. I mean, well, before that, I mean, like I said, the Magic have won eight of their last ten now after this Laker loss. And in the grand scheme of things, that's amazing. And I do want to be very positive about that because, you know, after that Atlanta loss, like, we came back. We had the comeback win over Houston where we played shitty defense again. But thankfully for one time, because Houston is terrible, zone defense actually worked in that game, and we came back and won. But another, you know, that game could have played like nine other times, and we probably would have lost all those times. But this one time it worked out where we came back and won. So I'm proud of us for that. And then for the, the Friday game against the Spurs, like we – we're playing awful for three quarters in that game, basically. And then, thankfully, guys like Cole Anthony stepped up. Cole Anthony had, like, a near-historic triple-double game off the bench. It was amazing. Um, and then Mo Bamba hit, like, three big three-pointers in that in the, in that third, fourth quarter, whatever it was. I think it was fourth quarter. But we were down in that game. And, again, because the Spurs are not good and are tanking, you know, we were able to come back. And... I'm pointing this out now because, you know, we had won eight of nine, and then we had four days off from that Friday. It's, it was, you know, we played Friday night, December 23rd. We watched the game at Gnarly Barley. We drank a lot after that down Mills 50. We had a good time. What was your favorite part of the Mills 50 night? <laughs> uh, stumbling into the new and updated Wally's is always a good time, right? Wally's is impressive, man. Wally's did not used to be that great. And that's the thing. As downtown starts to decline, like, Mills 50 is definitely on the up. Milk District's on the up. Like, Park Avenue's on the up. So, something to think about. Um, but, yeah, going, you know, that Spurs game, we win that in comeback fashion. Uh, and we made it look comfortable because we won like, by, like, 20 at the end. But, I mean, we were we were playing bad defense in that game. And... You have four days off, you know, just like how we had four days off going, you know, going from Thanksgiving into those two uh, Philadelphia 676er games that we lost back to back to. And I guess we do really bad with all these extra days off during holidays because, like, we we just did not show up in this Laker game tonight. Like, it was it was very frustrating. Um, You had four days off. You had a ton of rest. This is the most healthy our roster's been in forever. Like, we only had, like, three guys on on injury reserve between Suggs, Isaac, and I can't remember the last one right now off the top of my head. But Chuma. Chuma's got the arthroscopic thing going on. So you're getting fairly healthy, healthy enough where you don't even have to play Kivon or Admiral now. Like, you you got your two-way guys who are on, you know, a limited game-playing basis because they're on two-way contracts. So both with the Spurs game and tonight against the Lakers, like, you don't have to play them. And we just shit the bed tonight. And before I hand it off to you, I guess leading off into this, before I get into these stats and that, I do want to point out that um, tonight's uh, attendance was the largest in Orlando Magic history at Amway Center. They had 19,482. And that beat the record that we used to have against the Detroit Pistons that was set on April 12, 2017, by ooh, can I do math right now? By twenty-four seats, twenty-four extra people, or twenty-six people. Sorry, no, twenty-four people. Uh, it's twelve or nineteen thousand four fifty-eight. Um, twenty-four people uh, beat the record tonight. But um, yeah, I'm gonna hand it off to you and uh, whatever your initial thoughts coming out of this Laker game. 
I have a few. Well, before we get to the game, I want to thank the Top Shot community for giving us a nice experience, uh, getting uh, what Fields Ultimate Lounge seating, enjoying the uh, uh, whatever the sponsor is now, <laughs> enjoying the hot dog and the and the buffet and uh, ice cream that evidently is better than what the media gets in the media room. So. Uh, and very kind ushers and, and staff uh, at the arena tonight. So uh, good on them. They they made that part of the experience as good as it can be when a team shits the bed like the Magic did tonight. I don't know what the stats say recently, and, and you know better than me, but uh, we're just not a good defensive team. Uh, there's too many, too many guys that can't keep their man in front of them. Obviously, it's a tall task in the NBA, but the straight line drives, the inability to grab a rebound, and to me, the the biggest sin of the game was uh, there, there's just no excuse for playing. First of all, playing Mo Bamba. Secondly, playing Mo Bamba with Wendell Carter. And more importantly than that, playing Mo Bamba with Mo Wagner. Uh, we have too many healthy bodies. Paolo in foul trouble tonight, but... Paolo should be playing at the four when we go to the bench lineup where he's getting to operate out of the high post or whatever. And there's really just... a I'd love a reason for it, but to me, there's no excuse for for Mosley making some of the both substitution pattern and rotation decisions that he continues to make. Yeah, we're going to touch on a lot of those. So let's get in. Let's get into the top shot, or let's get just into into the sweet experience, not the sweet experience, but the uh, the fields uh, lounge experience. I guess the ultimate lounge experience because you and I had gotten have have experienced this one other time and that was when we won the magic scavenger hunt Ooh, it was whatever opening night against the wizards was i don't know if that was 2016 or what um it, it was around there but uh we made on Deezus and marrow because uh some guy who looked like dr robotnik slapped bradley beal's ass but when he when he jumped into the front row and you and i are just drunkly clapping our asses off and in, in in a fun uh situation but we won that night we didn't win tonight so yeah so with Again, thank you to NBA Top Shot and Pax and Pinstripes and uh, the Pax and Pinstripes community. And, uh, you know, I, I could get used to that. Hopefully we get more of those. But, um, you know, we sat row six, uh, section 115, so we're across from the Laker bench. And, uh, you know, we get you get like a couple, VI, a couple VIP entrances to get in the building. Um, a, lot of, a lot of waiting, like – if I'm a person that's spending thousands upon thousands of dollars per season to uh, to get to uh, experience the magic in those ultimate lounge type seats, um, I don't want to wait outside in a line for 15 to 25 minutes. Um, I will say you and I definitely had a plan because we've experienced it before, but you know, we hit the buffet early. We got our food out of the way. We got some of our drinks out of the way. Um, I will say that the food is definitely uh, a much more better quality than, uh, in the, the you know that the media gets for free. And again, it's free food, so I'm not gonna you know you and I aren't gonna complain about that ever. But um, you know, it was a good crowd. There's a lot of there's a lot of Laker fans, and the most annoying thing was seeing the the LeBron Miami Heat jerseys. Like I did not care for that at all. Trey Young jerseys. There was a dude. Yeah, there was a Trey Young uh, jersey. Like uh, I guess. I guess the MLK jersey kind of excuses it a little bit, but um, this white guy in like glasses was uh, was not um, doing himself any favors with that Trey Young jersey. I'll just leave it at that. But um, 
yeah, that experience was, you know, the experience is great. It just sucks that we just played like ass. It would have been way better. It would have been way more enjoyable. Um, the Laker fans just got to have kind of a comfortable evening. And, like, Magic fans, we were trying so hard to get the team back into it. Like, we we cut it pretty close there. Um, I think we got within, like, five and seven a couple times. But um, it just didn't work out. Uh, halftime. We, uh, you know, we hit up like the hot dog, pretzel, ice cream kind of thing. What's our favorite? What's your favorite part? Was it the charcuterie board? What was the favorite part of the of the uh, of the experience, food wise or drink wise? I'm I'm not a, a culinary expert, but what was the capicola? What what, what were they? Rocket saprosola? I don't know. Charcuterie was top notch, and and all of the buffet I thought was actually pretty good. Yeah, like I said, free food always tastes better, I guess, but. Um, yeah, the charcuterie board was nice, man. There was like five different types of like salamis and and, and cheeses at least on that thing. So uh, that was pretty nice. Ice cream would have probably tasted better if we weren't playing like shit at halftime. But um, yeah, all right, let's go over some stats and let's go over some stuff. So, man, where do I begin? All right, we mentioned that the Magic are not a good defensive team right now. They're still not a good defensive team right now. So this is how bad the Magic were tonight because the Orlando Magic media account didn't tweet out the final box score until an hour after the game. Like I just got it about ten minutes ago in this during you know recording this pod at the moment. So, but the Magic they lost the points in the paint battle by twelve. Lakers won at fifty six forty four. Lakers beat us by five on fast break points. Lost by two on second chance points. Um, free throws were a big problem. Like on a night where the Lakers kicked our ass on the three point line, like the Lakers made 17 threes tonight. Yeah, they took 43 of them, but they made 17 of them. Magic were 10 to 28. So we took 15 less threes than the Lakers, but they made seven more than we did. So on a night where we're getting outscored by 21 on three pointers. You know, you got to hit free throws, and the Magic didn't do that. The Magic were 16 to 25 at the free throw line. We missed nine free throws tonight. Lakers were 14 to 17, and that's all I really need to point out for that because like turnovers were pretty close. Rebounding, we lost the rebounding battle by nine, and I mean we got to talk about Mosley's decisions or indecisions. Like the biggest one with him of late is like he's continuing to leave guys in foul trouble in the game, and it's mostly not working out where because either like Morris Wagner in one game is going to get in foul trouble or Franz Wagner is going to pick up his fourth or fifth foul early in the third quarter and then you won't see him till very late in the game. Paolo Bancaro tonight picked up his fifth foul. And first off, we lost that challenge because screw Ed Malloy and Sakakis, but we lost the challenge on what should have been an and one when uh, Dennis Schroeder is clearly moving. I'm sorry. He's moving when, you know, the rule is usually if a guy takes off, as he's taking off, if that defender is not set, that can't be a fucking charge. And they didn't overturn it. But I don't know. What's your viewpoint on the stuff I've said, be it Mosley leaving guys in with foul trouble or not taking a timeout when you should take a timeout or, I mean, even the challenge that wasn't overturned? Because I was supremely disappointed that did not get overturned. 
Yeah, I mean, I think the challenge uh, play ended up standing, and the disappointment is uh, I'm pretty sure it was the rookie ref that made the call, a bang-bang call, and whichever call on the floor it was is probably what it was going to end up being uh, after review. So that sucked. That was a huge momentum swing or potential momentum swing that didn't end up happening. The Mosley thing, I, I can't understand when you have a young team not utilizing the timeouts to break up momentum, uh, to have the, the guys catch their breath a bit and draw up a after timeout play to kind of, you know, change things and, and get things going in a different direction. It just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, we are just watching the game slip away and go from seven to 13 to beyond that. Uh, a lot of frustration from Pat Beverly banking in corner threes to, to Thomas Bryant, who's becoming a magic killer at this point, I guess, right? That uh, just every single facet seems like magic didn't really show up tonight. Yeah, and gosh, I mean, we got to talk about it now, but Mo Bamba cannot be playing power forward out there. Like, you've got Wendell Carter Jr., who he, if, if he, I don't know if he's going to play against the Pistons tomorrow night because, you know, second night of back to back, he's getting back from his plantar fasciitis issues and stuff. But he should be, he's going to be starting at center either this game or the Pistons game on the 30th to end the calendar year. But, um, or not the Pistons game. Sorry, I forget what the last game is. Is it the Wizards? Yeah, it's Washington to finish out the calendar. But, um, Moritz Wagner should be the backup center. Mo Bamba should not be seeing the floor, and I know we're 19 days away from when Mo Bamba can be traded because I'm counting him down, and I want this dude out, but I just, I I don't, you know, Mosley lost the game, or lost like the second and even late in the third quarters because he was trying to wedge Mo Bamba in at power forward, and it's just, it does not work, man. He can't rebound. He, you know, if he's not hitting threes, which he didn't hit threes tonight, he hit, I think, one three tonight, like... Can't box out, can't rebound, he can't post up Austin Reeves or Russell Westbrook. Like, we're sitting 20 feet fucking away, and Russell Westbrook is defending Mo Bamba all over the damn court. And Mo Bamba should be demanding that ball and posting up because he doesn't know how to fucking post up anybody. It's basically worthless minutes out there. And to be clear, I just want to say, nice guy not has not developed into a great basketball player. And I mean, they're all nice guys. They really are. Like, even though, even though I love that Moritz Wagner is like a classic shithousery type of player, which I pulled out of like a soccer term there, the shithousery part. But um, oh man, this guy's so wasted coming out of his car. Sorry, <laughs> I had to point this out, man. Um, but the, you know, people are gonna look at the Lakers box score and be like, oh, LeBron had a great, you know, twenty-eight point game. Russell Westbrook had an amazing triple double. Like. Troy Brown killed us with three-pointers by getting 15. Like, Thomas Bryant had an amazing 21-10, and 10, you know, double-double. Like, but it, a lot of this is all on the magic, man, because we're just not defending the paint. Like, I give Russell Westbrook all credit in the world, man. That guy is so fucking physical, and he gets his teammates open one way or another. He holds onto the ball as long as physically possible before he either loses it or, you know, he, the passing lane goes away. Like, that guy is amazing, and... You know, credit to him, but we lost this game, man. This had nothing to do with the Lakers. The Lakers came into this game, losers of four in a row. Had the Magic won this game, we would have had a better record than the Lakers coming out of it. Now instead, the Lakers are 14-20, and 20, Magic are 13-22. and 22. So, look, the 8 out of 10 
wins for the Magic is great, but this is one of those where you have to take advantage of having four days off, basically. And we didn't do that. And I'm going to talk about, you know, I've already ripped into Mo Bamba, but like Caleb Houston, in essence, got garbage minutes. Like they threw, he you know, Mosley threw him in late just to try and mix it up, but it was too late. Like he had a three pointer even, and but he's got no rhythm or confidence at this point. Um, you know, Wendell, he's still trying. You know, he's he actually ended up having an okay game, but like even defensively, he's out of rhythm. Like he's got to find his rhythm and. He'll be more physical once he gets that going. It's kind of like Morris Wagner, like the first two weeks he came back. And Mo, poor Mo, got hurt in the third quarter, asked to come out, and Mosley doesn't do anything, leaves him in. And then would you like to describe what you saw from Mosley, you know, what he did with Mo uh, Wagner coming in, you know, going into the timeout? I, I mean, it's hard to fathom how that played, and I feel real bad for Mo Wagner because he had the consecutive free throw streak going. He's on the brink, basically, of setting the franchise record going to 40 consecutive. He, he takes a shot to the knee, motions to the bench, I need to come out. But let me shoot these because if I don't shoot them, I can't come back in the game, and obviously it's not going to hurt the team like that. And, he, and then to get waved off and have to go limp around out there. and uh, of Mostly course, doesn't call timeout. No timeout, and Lakers continue to go on a run after that. Yeah, I mean, like that was that was basically the essence of the game. Like I know we kind of got it back within single digits, but like that was a big difference in the game. We easily could have taken the lead in that third quarter, and stuff like that is just maddening. Like that's when you throw Mobamba into play center. You don't throw Mobamba into play power forward because even if Bamba's going to get kind of thrown around a little bit, like you know, you you got Paolo. Well, you don't have Paolo because he was in foul trouble, but that's where. Caleb would have been pretty nice. I think he could have done okay. Or you just have Franz play some power forward. Like you, you, you can get flexible with that. But you can't do Wendell and Mobamba. You can't do Mobamba and Bull. Uh, you can't do Mobamba and Mar- and Moritz. It seems like. Um, I mean, we're we've we've mentioned this, or others have mentioned it. I'm sure now, but. Bull can't, you know, Bull shouldn't be starting at this point. Like, Bull was very slow, kind of hesitant on a lot of stuff. He tried to get it going late in the game, but he just he never could could put it together for more than, like, three possessions. And Bull Bull is going to be a great bench player for this Magic team going forward, but he should not be starting. This should, you know, Gary Harris should be starting at this point. You know, Suggs is out for a long while. Like, you, you should be playing, you know, starting Gary Harris at shooting guard. Franz should be the three, Paolo the four, and then you know Wendell when he's fully healthy and rhythm, whatever should be starting at center. But um, maybe it, it just need, they needed a loss for this to, to to happen. We'll see. I don't know. Detroit again tomorrow night, less than twenty four hours later. Like you're flying all the way up to Michigan like that. That's a that's a crapshoot. That's a toss up. You know, in my mind, even though Detroit's technically tanking, like. You know the Magic should win that game, but that's like a that's got schedule loss written over it. If Detroit ends up giving a damn, and I know we're gonna be pissed off for losing that opening night game to them, but it, it's still it's it's the NBA. They're professionals. Like there's some type of rivalry going on between us, and I know Detroit doesn't have Kate Cunningham for the rest of the season, but still, like there's there's some going on there with them. Um, I do need to point out how basically worthless in my mind both Terrence Ross and Cole Anthony were and I'm sorry I know T Ross got 13 points but he gave that all right back to Troy Brown and T Ross and usually plus minus you know plus minus is a crapshoot when it comes to it being like a determined factor of like oh this actually kind of played a big role here but 
T. Ross was a game-worst negative 14 from the field with his 13 points. And then the second-worst plus-minus belonged to Cole Anthony with negative 13. Even though he had eight points, guess what? He couldn't defend guys like Russ. He couldn't defend guys like Pat Bev. And, you know, the Laker bench, when you have guys like Austin Reeves torturing us, I know Austin Reeves has been okay for them. Like, he's been fine, but... Like, I'm watching Dave McMenamin on the baseline, like, creaming his pants like his son. He's always watching his son out there. And, you know, I'm sorry, but, you know, Austin Reeves shouldn't be doing that to us. So, and, of course, R.J. Hampton should be playing. He's not playing. Like, if you can't trade him, because you can trade him now, wave him then, because you're doing no one a disservice leaving R.J. Hampton out there when you could have used his speed against Russ. You could have. So, that's kind of all my thoughts with this, with, with this Laker game. Um you know, it's really disappointing. It was a great experience going to the game. Like, that's the closest I've ever sat since I was an NBA media member, you know, since I was a media member, blogging and whatnot. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Any thoughts on, on what I said with the Laker game moving forward or any of the other stuff I said? Yeah, the, well, we talked about Cole Anthony before the game being due for a stinker. And the it's just it's feast or famine. Either the mid-range shot's going to fall, he's going to hit a couple threes, or everything's going to get negated on the defensive end. And we, we just got to get better individually and collectively. Uh, again, with the back-to-back coming up, it would have been a perfect time to throw Caleb Houston in earlier. Certainly uh, with the se- second-round pick, younger players who are looking for favorable matchups certainly could have chased Austin Reeves around and probably not have lost him in the corner as many times as uh, you know Terrence and Cole and whoever else lost track of him. Pretty frustrating game. Don't look forward to seeing how many points Sadiq Bay is going to put up tomorrow night. <laughs> but uh, look, we 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 got we got something brewing here still, and I, I don't think that we should get too down on the team even after uh, you know kind of laying an egg tonight. Yeah, look, I do want to end optimistically. Like I do. Um, I don't want to just focus on the Laker game because it is it is one game. It's for us. You know, that's the thing with a young team. Like you're gonna have shit like this where they they shouldn't let games like this go by the wayside but it's going to happen cuz we're being our, be, our two best players are 21 and 20 years old like it's going to happen it happened with look at the Boston Celtics with Tatum and Jalen Brown like look how many times Celtics fans have wanted Jalen Brown traded and they didn't do that and they made it to the finals last season so just think about that but um we're in a good spot and oh Markel Fultz was fucking amazing i'm sorry Markel Fultz as Penny's nodding with vigorous nature like like Markel Fultz Fultz was our best player tonight and he was outstanding and that kid the catalyst for the win streak right I mean really it's it coincides with his return yeah Fultz is the catalyst of the win streak even though like we lost like the first four games he came back like he's the reason why we've won you know we've won eight of our last ten and so um you know, stay healthy. That's that's all I ask. You know, our next pod we're gonna be doing like New Year's resolutions for everybody on the Magic roster, including like Mosley and Welt and Weltman probably. But um, yeah, I mean, disappointing Laker game. But I want to be very optimistic getting out of here because we are look, we're thirteen and twenty two. It's not the greatest record in the world. I get that. But look, we're two and a half games out of the play in. Like Toronto lost again tonight. Like we seventh and eighth isn't even that far away. Like I, it's. This is where we want to be. Like, I I don't want to care. You know, I don't want people, like, saying, oh, I guarantee we're in the play in the playoffs. Like, I just want to be in the hunt. And we're in the hunt. And that's with us having played a lot of bad games early on in the season. And 
we just got to tighten stuff up defensively, a lot of it. You know, like if we show some pride on defense, like we're going to bounce back fine against Detroit. We're going to end the year, the, the calendar year out well against the Wizards. And then January is going to bring its challenges, but including that road trip that we're going on. But I mean, we pulled a we pulled a, a six game winning streak out of nothing, out of thin air. You know, we were hoping like we were in like two, two of those six games maybe going into it if we were lucky. And you know, here we are. We're two and a half games out of the play-in, and so I just want people to be hopeful. And you know, no matter what happens in Detroit, like right now. I have the Magic two games off my 34 win pace, and that includes I have us losing. I had us losing to Detroit tomorrow. So, if the Magic win tomorrow, then hey, we're on a 33 win pace at the moment. And my thing going into it was you needed to be 500 to get into play in. That doesn't seem to be a thing right now. So, um, yeah, that's all I got. You know, we appreciate listening to the podcast. I hope the audio is okay. If it sounds terrible, we probably won't ever do this again. But um, yeah, you know, please subscribe. Give us a wonderful rating. It general, you know, it genuinely helps our podcast ranking a lot. Um, and tweet us any of your questions and feedback. Penny, uh, final thoughts, uh, and what's your Twitter handle? At Spencer Strode. Let's get a win tomorrow night and get back on track. Uh, I fully agree with that. And I'm at Papa Giorgio MBO. And with that, take care. Let's go, Magic. Hardaway, straight down the lane, the power jam. Point guard. The seven six guy. Here's Lewis turning and he shoots. Yes! Fourth and second. Here's Turkaloo for the win. Goodness.